Blog Talk Radio. Today we're talking about knee regeneration, and this is exciting. Before you look at just the knee, you got to look at all of the structures that are supporting this. So make sure you look at the nerves that supply the knee. Now this is going to be subluxation, which subluxation is a vertebrae that's misaligned that's affecting the nervous system. Uh, Now L2, L3, L4, but mainly L3 goes to the knee, but you've got to look at the entire lumbar and pelvis. So once your chiropractor has uh, addressed the subluxations and is correcting that lumbar region, then you can work on the knee joint. So look at the nerve distribution, and this is hugely important because if you pinch off the nerve right next to the spine, you're going to have what's called a dermatomal pattern. And if you pinch a nerve away from the spine, you're pinching more of those nerve roots. So what you're looking at here in the leg distribution, you're looking at lateral femoral cutaneous nerve, that's from L2, L3. You're looking at anterior femoral, that's L2, L3. So you're going to look everywhere between um, L2, L3, L4, all of these supply that entire leg structure. So if you compromise the nerve supply to an area, that area is not going to be um, functioning correctly. Now, this is the greatest move for a chiropractor to distract that joint. Now, what I'm doing here is I'm literally, um, the, the patient's leg is, or foot is in between my legs, and I'm leaning back, so we're literally opening up that knee joint. That creates a distractive force. And think of this, when you're walking, every time you walk, that leg swings in the air, and that distractive force literally creates a negative pressure, fluid flows in there, and that's a super filtrate of blood. So any kind of distractive force is going to be amazing. The problem with most knee injuries is the joint desiccates or dries up. So this distractive force is, is vitally important. But also, we're going to also address the medial meniscus. And the meniscus on the medial aspect is actually connected to one of the ligaments, the medial collateral ligament. And so when you're doing this, and you can see my thumb, and this is on the inside portion of the knee, um, you distract it and you want to just bend it a little bit. We're, we're talking um, just about 100, 125 degrees that you're going to be working that tissue. And when you're pressing it with your thumb, you want the flat pad of your thumb on there. And this could be exquisitely tender. Okay, so it could be exquisitely painful. So when I'm putting pressure there, and this could be, you know, a massive football or basketball store or a star or, you know, just some teenage athlete or just a, a, a mom that's working at home. Okay, half a pound of pressure at the most with almost every patient. Because with that distractive force, you're going to put a little bit of pressure from the medial to the lateral. So this is a non-surgical repositioning of the meniscus. And it's going to be a little bit uncomfortable. What you want to do, you're holding your thumb in one position and you're slightly bending the knee. Now, remember that knee works in a screw fashion, not like a hinge. It moves twice as much on the inside aspect or the medial part where your thumb contact is. And so just very little bit of pressure there. Bend the knee. That means that that tibia is going to be rotating uh, underneath your thumb. Then move your thumb up a little bit. Move it again. So you're moving it in about four or five spots. And it is fantastic 
to reposition that meniscus. Now, this exercise to distract that joint is designed to regenerate the meniscus and cartilage. Cartilage is alive. It has cells that live on it. The meniscus on the outside edge, because it's shaped kind of like a little valley there, where the femur sets on that tibial plateau, that has a blood supply, and that heals very, very quickly. The center portion of the meniscus um, gets its nutrients from synovial fluid. Now, this weighted exercise is going to be hugely important because you're distracting that knee. Now, depending on the size of the person, very, very young, young children need about five pounds of pressure. But we're looking at 10 to 15 to 20 pounds of pressure to open up that knee joint for, for the average athlete. And be, just think of this. If you're a 100-pound person or a 200-pound person and you step off a curb, that knee has a huge amount of compressive force loading on it. So we need to distract that joint. Now, if you don't have ankle weights, you can use kettlebells. Um, in fact, using kettlebells is going to be fantastic. It's going to strengthen your muscles on the front portion of that lower leg. Now, in a normal lower leg, the strength ratio is about 10 to 1, where the muscles on the back half of the calf are 10 times stronger than muscles on the front. If there's a muscle imbalance, like a 15 or 20 to 1 ratio, that's one of the contributing factors to shin splints. And we're going to cover those as well in future videos. So this distraction, and I recommend you wearing socks or having some kind of a pad, this is very, very strong. And this is a big pull down. These are 15 pound kettlebells uh, each. And so that distractive force loading, and you do not want to lift or extend your leg. You want it just dangling. And that pulling open of that joint, that dangling of the joint creates that negative pressure. And you're going to create a little bit of inflammation. Now, remember, inflammation is how the body heals. So that little bit of inflammation is going to be fantastic. Now, you can even facilitate this this tissue regeneration by putting moist heat on that knee. Moist heat is going to rush blood to that area. What does that do? That increases that synovial fluid production, plus all the surrounding structures. And you're talking all the bursa sacs, the patella, the subpatella bursa. Um, there's tons of these bursa sacs around the tendons that cross that joint. So this is going to help fill that joint up with fluid so it depresses or de-stresses out that joint that's drying up. It's absolutely fantastic. I do this exercise for about four or five minutes, and it's fantastic. You can do it without the weights, and it will still help a little bit. But boy, these weights are massive. Now, talk to your chiropractor to see what weight's appropriate for you and have them walk you through it. Now, for the neutral position, you're going to swing the leg out. Now, when we talk about cross-crawl fashion, I mean the legs are going to be swinging even. Now, we use this to help with balance, too, because this is a ligamentous exercise. You don't want to extend your leg because that's going to also drive that patella, that kneecap, into the joint. And if that joint is already damaged, there's always going to be already some type of inflammatory processes on there which would make that uncomfortable. So you don't want to incorporate the quadriceps a lot. You just want to have that dangling. The goal 
of this exercise, because it is a ligamentous-based exercise, which means we're working on the ligaments, um, is to not use the muscles a whole bunch. Now, just like a clock. Now, um, one of the things, the moist heat on the joint is going to be fantastic. That draws more blood to the joint, increases the rate of healing. It's absolutely fantastic. Five minutes to 10 minutes once a day is fantastic. You could do it before and after a workout, which is excellent. Um, and even I've had patients do it three to four times a day. A good guide, if you're sore more than an hour, you're pushing it too much. And that's so, you know, it's a real, real rough guide. But you want to distract that joint. Once that joint opens, beautiful, that's enough weight. And if you're relaxing all the musculature around it, um, five pounds for a very, very small leg, 10 is about standard, 15 for more stronger, heavily built human beings, and 24 um, athletes that have had chronic damage. And in, in, I'm talking big muscular, heavy musculature athletes is going to pull it open as well. Now, you're going to experience almost immediate relief right after doing this exercise, but this is only temporary. This gives you a glimpse into what the future is going to be holding for you because that distraction just for five minutes is going to increase the synovial fluid production and will take, I mean, it's going to take a lot of the stress off. And each um, time you do this exercise, it builds on the one before. So the synovial fluid production is going to be immediate, so you'll notice an immediate effect. But it's only temporary because after doing this day in and day out, the ligaments get stronger, the synovial fluid production becomes more natural, and then that, when you're walking, you're actually de-stressing out that joint. When that leg, when you're walking, part of the time you're standing on it, and that's a compressive force. Part of the time you're swinging your leg, and that's a decompressive force. So in normal walking, your compression, decompressing, compressing, decompressing, and that allows that synovial fluid to flow in there. For severely, severely damaged knees, um, it could take years to recover. You're, and not years for symptom relief, but you also have to address all the surrounding structures. You got to restore the nerve supply from the low back. You've got to stabilize the pelvis. You got to take care of the foot biomechanics all of which we covered in last week's lecture. Now, this is cool. Wolf's Law, bones lay down where it's needed, resorbed where it's not needed. So any bony deterioration of the hip joint, now whether it's a spinal joint, knee joint, hip joint, um, and I'm talking not pathological destruction, so that's not like an infectious agent, it is typically called osteoarthritis, which is from a trauma. It's an adaptive response. So the the body is literally adapting to the altered biomechanics. Now, once the stability of the structure is restored, okay, the joint can move normally. Then the bone um, that was laid down to adapt to that altered biomechanics can now be resorbed. Bone is laid down where it's needed, resorbed where it's not. And this is why we do pre and post x-rays. And you literally will see bone spurs start to go away. It's fantastic. So just underneath the force, this is why the more you use the body, the stronger it gets. The more you use those bones, the stronger they are. This is why we put a lot of patients on our vibration plates that are set at 30 cycles a second 
which stimulates the cells on those bones to regenerate the bones. Because you've got cells on these bones that break it down called osteoclast and cells that build up the bone called osteoblast. Now they're stimulated or they're, they're initiated, they're told to work under force loading. And that's why vibration walking is so gosh darn good. That's also why I like 30 cycles a second. <clears throat> now, once the cartilage is, is restored, the ligaments are restored, the meniscus is restored within the knee, then the bone and bony deterioration, because uh, it, it's not bony deterioration, which are both inaccurate terms to describe adaptive physiology. Think of this, trauma, bam, something that should be working in, in, a, in a design fashion, it's not. It's been, it's been traumatized. So all of those structures, the cartilage, the meniscus, the ligaments, the bone, everything has to remodel to that. So even though doctors will call it degenerative joint disease, degenerative disc disease, it is not a disease. It is literally called osteoarthritis, which is from a trauma. And arth means joint, itis means inflammation, but this is a non-inflammatory joint condition. It is literally an adaptive physiologic response based on past trauma. So the job of the chiropractor is to restore normal integrity of the joint and the structures surrounding the joint. And then the body responds accordingly. I mean, it's human beings are amazing, but you've got to look at everything. A knee problem is not a knee problem. It is a knee alarm because of the altered mechanics of the feet, the calf, um, the quadriceps, the lumbar, the pelvis, even if you look at the entire torso, if there's a lateral deviation of that thoracic area, if there's a loss of curve in the neck, if there's a loss of curve in the lumbar, you could be compromising the nerve supply to those lower extremities. So it, it's called holistic, but it's just flat out common sense. And when you think of all the bursa sacs, you think of the biomechanics, past traumas. So could you falling and damaging the rib cage, throwing your body off to the side, could that um, lead to an unstable pelvis, knee issues and feet issues? Absolutely. That's why you got to look at everything. Everything is connected. This, this is why, why I'm, it, you could have a one knee pro a symptom, never a one knee problem. I'm telling this is what I tell all of my patients. Because if you've got one knee that's hurting, your entire body weight is going to shift over to the knee that isn't hurting. And that's going to double the force loading on that. So you've got to look at both. And, and you've got to look at the feet. You've got to look at weak intrinsic muscles of the feet. So if bunions are formed, uh, you've got to suspect compromised nerve supply to that foot. Then you've got to look, if you've got foot distortions, there's three muscles on the back portion of the calf. And one of those muscles is called the soleus. And this is also called the soleus pump. So it drains the feet. It's fantastic. Okay. And, and so those biomechanics are huge. Now, remember, the calf has a muscle ratio. You've got muscles on the back that should be 10 times stronger than the muscles on the front. If you get a 15 or 20 to 1 ratio, that can damage the muscles on the front portion of the calf, leading to cross fibers that are going to protect that anterior musculature. And this can actually fracture or splint the bone leading to shin splints. That's why shin splints are from a muscle imbalance, okay, and altered foot biomechanics. So 
And, and where does that come from? Could be from an unstable pelvis, could be from compromised nerve supply to the lumbar. So you've got to look at everything. And then you've got to restore walking. That's why I like the, uh, the, the flexible shoes that allow foot uh, full range of motion. I wear toe shoes every day at work. Um, look at uh, Zero Shoes are also a good brand, but there's a lot of different brands out there that have no arch support, no padded heel. So you get the full range of motion of the foot, and that is huge. So when you're looking at this, all the, the five keys to health, nerve supply of everywhere, because those nerves supply the joint, they supply the muscles, they supply the skin. And if you have altered firing of those muscles or altered nerve supply, you're going to have altered function. Plus, you've got that automatic nervous system. If you're in a chronic fight or flight state, you're not going to be regenerating. So nerve supply, number one, regular exercise. These exercises to distract that joint are hugely important. But also the foot on a block stretch to get the calf working correctly. Make sure you're stabilizing the pelvis. But to keep overall health, you've got to be exercising at least a half hour a day, at least a half hour a day, every day. Then proper nutrition. And this is a man makes it, you don't eat it. You know, your diet, what I tell my patients is your diet's going to be exactly the same as your great-great-grandmother. Why? Because she only ate organic, healthy, seasonal. Then sufficient rest, that's when your body regenerates. It's super important. And then prayer and meditation. If you do all of that, the five keys to health, then your body has the greatest chance to regenerate. Now, Make sure you post your questions, and, and I will get the responses on there. Uh, we're gathering questions for the first few days after this video is posted, and make sure you act quickly. So put, post those questions um, immediately or as soon as you can. And we're going to be dividing the questions up into a couple of sections, some that I can answer on uh, the standard social media and some that have to be answered on our private site. God bless you. Stay healthy, my friends. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.